0: This is one of my favorite statements that I enjoy looking back at from time to time, Councils on Health, 533. I wish to tell you that what? Soon there will be no work done in ministerial lines but medical missionary work. It's going to sooner than ever. It could have happened already if we'd been ready to. But but it's still, whenever it happens, it's going to be part of the grease that opens the door. There'll be no work done in ministerial lines but medical missionary work. The work of a minister is to minister. Our ministers are to work on the gospel plan of ministry. I was in the seminary when I read this statement. I was... uh, i had been very active at Andrews University in, in outreach, helped up raise, raise up the Stevensville Church. And so when it came time for me as a new seminary student, I'd done that when I was in the college, they said, Chuck, you don't need another field school. You've actually been working for the different evangelists running them. So, but we have an experimental field school for the first time with Loma Linda. Andrews and Loma Linda teamed up with seminary and the School of Health, and we went to Reading, Pennsylvania And uh, we worked with some physicians doing medical missionary work. And it just was very refreshing to me. And and it opened. And and we were asked to read, uh, the only time in the seminary, some Spirit of Prophecy. And uh, I read in medical ministry that a minister should be as well trained in how to do uh, the medical missionary work as he is to present the gospel. And it gave me a whole new direction and a frustration how to make it happen because it wasn't in the curriculum. Uh, but this is true. Regardless of curriculum, we, I figured out my own way to make it work and it's been such a blessing. I wish to tell you soon there'll be no work on the Ministry Alliance. Can you imagine men who have felt called to the ministry and devote every energy they can, learning to be a good, good pastor, but doesn't learn these other skills. They, use, they learn the A ministry, but not the what ministry? The B ministry. And so they're trying to do all this with the A ministry, and people don't generally like a direct approach of the A ministry. They just, they just run from it. But the B approach gets you in the door. And so we, we need the combination. One other one, and then we'll go on. You will never be ministers after the gospel order... you show a decided interest in medical missionary work, the gospel of healing and blessing and strengthening. They just naturally fit together. And Jesus patterned that for us, as we saw last night. He taught the disciples to do it. He taught the 70 to do it. He intended for all of us to do it. Amen? We agree? (laughs) Okay. Phoebe's going to get our manuals for us in a minute, and we'll have those for you to look at uh, through this presentation now till we have till 10.30. This is not going to be an exciting presentation because I have to cover the manual. And uh, so it's really hard to go through all that text. But it's morning time, and you did get a good rest, I hope, last night. I hope you'll hang in there, but it's, it, it gives us... A way to raise some questions. And anytime you have a question along the way, uh, don't hesitate to ask anytime. I will make you don't have to wait till the end. And the price is the same if you ask questions or you don't ask questions. So feel free. In new fields, no work is so successful as medical missionary work. This guy graduated from our medical missionary training in Tajikistan. We worked we work some in those stand countries. We've just sent a couple over there about two weeks ago to return uh, to uh, Uzbekistan with the goal of setting up a, a little treatment center. And uh, they have been there before. Uh, one of them, one, the, the, the lady we trained at Wildwood for several years, uh, Svetlana Aleksuchuk, and uh, recently we... She got married to a man who was from Uzbekistan, who'd also been in our training program at Novio in, in Ukraine. And uh, so these medical missionaries now are married, and, and uh, it's a powerful combination. And they want to go into those stand countries, which are largely Muslim countries, uh, on the border of Afghanistan and so forth. But the, the central ones are more moderate Muslims, And we are in some of those countries, not all of them, able to freely have uh, public meetings and even uh, evangelism on a low key basis. But this young man set up a treatment room. Uh, I don't think it was in the church facility. I don't remember that for sure. It's been a couple years ago. But he was able to very successfully uh, start a ministry and having many customers come to where he can do hydrotherapy and massage, and uh, he actually got involved. He decided he would take uh, an official diploma rather than just our simple medical missionary training, which is not necessarily recognized by the state. So he thought he'd get officially certified. But about a third way into the course, uh, well, from the beginning, the teacher noticed he was already quite adept at doing what he was learning but the teacher got sick. And to make a long story short, they actually had him take over the class. And now he's certified and can certify other people in most of the stand countries. It's just amazing, you know, you don't plan things, but God plans them. And and so in new fields, there's no work that works better than medical missionary work. It's the door opener, that's why it works so well. So if the new field might be your community, doesn't mean always overseas, and uh, to try it out and open up. If you'll be consistent in your community in offering programs, people will eventually just start looking for what's next. They'll start asking. I think of the Nedleys who've lived in Ardmore, Oklahoma, for many, many years, and Erica, his wife. Every quarter, for years, she's had a cooking school, and she gets a big crowd of people out in that little tiny town of Ardmore, Oklahoma. And, and it's been such a blessing for the community and very effective in soul winning. Medical missionary work is the pioneer work of the gospel. It is the gospel practiced. It's so, so beautiful how this concept is. The compassion of Christ revealed. You know, just touching people, helping them. Phoebe said when you start the massage from beginning to end, don't ever take your hand off of them. You might take one hand off, but always keep the contact because it's communicating something. The way you touch somebody, the way you do your massage and you know and that you're focused on them you're not looking over and visiting at your at somebody else nearby it it just it makes such a difference we see this in our sanitariums we call them lifestyle centers today we see this where where a therapist is focused like that what a difference it makes on the impact they have on their patients it's the gospel practice of this work there is a what Great great need And the world is open for it. And that's for sure. Uh, this is a Roman there in, in uh, uh, Czech Republic. My, they're so active over there. They have, they, we have uh, more country life restaurants in Czech Republic than any place in the world. And, uh, and they have health clubs, uh, just probably 20 or 30 in the Czech, just in Czech Republic, all over the country where people can come on a weekly basis or a monthly basis depending on how they set it up and do some exercise and have a little food demonstration and uh, tasting and just mingling with people till you can invite them into a, a more spiritual level. A health expo is a positive way to respond to human suffering in this age of increased knowledge and technology. Every day we are witnesses to an increased in the number of deaths directly related to unhealthy lifestyles. Most of these premature deaths could have been prevented and quality of life increased if simple lifestyle changes had been implemented. Many are looking for meaning in life, but with increased skepticism to traditional forms of religiosity. And that's the the hesitation people have at first. This skepticism also, also often leads to an attitude of self-protection, saving one from the heartache of meaningless solutions, but also reducing the chances of our interaction with them, with those who may carry on, carry the message of God's love. So we have quite a barrier to break through. Uh, But as we are mingling with them and helping them through our health programs, they're watching us very, very carefully and observing how we relate to them and uh, we're all people watchers, aren't we? When I was uh, the administrator for some years at Yuchi Pines Institute with the Thrashes, one of our Bible study contacts was a well-known individual. Uh, we have one on the A row up in front, if you're willing. Uh, this one lady in Columbus, Georgia, was well-known, and she she said to me, she was this very Southern girl who so was always talking about, let me give you some sugar, you know, which meant give you a big hug and kiss. And she said, "You, Chuck, you need to talk to the at, at one of our mayor's prayer breakfasts." And I said, "Oh yeah, sure. I'm sure they're not going to want to invite me." She said, "They're going to invite you. I'm going to have them invite you." And I thought, "Well, what am I going to tell them, <laughs> you know?" And I was just, you know, because how do you reach that audience, that kind of an audience with sugar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, Anyway, it was, it was interesting uh, how uh, the opportunity that we, and I did get, get the opportunity to go there, and I just earnestly prayed what to share, and, and, um, and the Lord just said, you know, sh- share something simple, share something that they, we can all relate to, and don't speak down at them. It was just, you know, funny, it's, it's funny, it's interesting how God gives you some pointers uh, if we're listening. And uh, so I try to follow that advice, and I will always remember, uh, I, I talk to them about the power of the, of the scriptures and what they do if we read them every day. And, and, and I talk to them as, as if we're, this is what we all do. And I'm sure you folks understand uh, from doing it how, how powerful it is when we study the Bible every day. And when I got done, you know, people were very cordial and nice. And, but I always remember one lady that came up to me. She says, you know, I appreciated what you said but I appreciated more how you said it. You know, I wasn't i wasn't the Baptist pulpit-pounding person, you know, but I just spoke to them in a conversational way like we are this morning. And she really was touched by that, and it wasn't artificial. It was normal for us to talk that way. But uh, somehow that resonated with her heart. And we just have to ask the Lord to, you know, because we're not there to play games. We're not trying to to sound a certain way, we hope are just truly natural. Wasn't Jesus natural with people? He didn't have to hype himself up. He just was real with people. And that was part of what he was trying to show us, is to be real with individuals, because the, 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 the world then was so used to artificiality with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and, and uh, they were sick of it. They were sick of the, the pretense that, they could, that anybody could see through. And when they saw Jesus or they saw the disciples, they were so impressed how that, that had changed. Those men had been changed and their, their, their speech had been uh, improved where uh, they could communicate. It was just such a blessing. And God will do that with us. We do not do this work alone. You know, We ask God to help us. We need to believe that the angels are there with us. The Holy Spirit is prompting us. And, and just let them take over and use us. And it's such a blessing. I think of that often, that in the kinds of work that I've done, I'm sure Don can relate to this, I don't know all of you, but some of us who've worn different hats through the years and have gone to different places, and sometimes we're in some country or we're, we're, we're doing some work. I've, I've been head of several institutions, and I sit there and I say, how did I ever get into this? You know, I'm, I, I'm just totally unprepared, and yet they're looking at me as if I'm the expert because I'm from out of town, and I know I'm not really prepared for this. Lord, you have to help me. And God just is there. He, all his biddings are, do you remember? Amen. Enabling. And what a privilege that we don't work alone like the world does and have to use our expertise to figure out stuff. You know, it helps maybe, but we're not dependent on that. And God sometimes, through the Holy Spirit gives us expertise without, without the diploma. So anyway, so we've got to find a way to reach these folks. Jesus revealed his method to reach these those in need. He spent much of his time caring for the physical and the emotional needs. Wasn't he dealing with emotional needs with some of those folks that came to him and uh, the lady that had problems and... Uh, emotional needs of the people while doing this he had access to their hearts and that's why they came there was lots of prejudice against jesus lots of prejudice they talked him down the pharisees whenever they could Uh, is there the whole box there okay then go ahead pass them out i didn't believe in the rapture but i don't know where my wife just went (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she suddenly dis- she suddenly disappeared after getting, getting the manuals <clears throat> when you take a there she is <laughs> oh I just we saw the manuals and not you when you take a manual, you'll need to sign for it that says that I realize that I owe you twenty dollars tomorrow morning okay. Uh, Well, I think they understood. (laughs) If you can get correct change, it helps, or a check is fine. If you make out a check, make it to H-E-R. That's for my wife, her. (laughs) H-E-R is Health Education Resources. Uh, So uh, tomorrow morning, this is Zach, my grandson. He's my big helper. And so, huh? Him and her, yeah. Don't make it out to him. <laughs> okay, just pass that, that on, and and we'll go from there. Okay. So he had access to their what? Their hearts, and that's really where we we want to go with this in the end. Okay. Do you folks get a manual? Okay, he's going to get him for you. Thank you. Centuries later, God counseled us that only his method would have long-lasting success. He also said that medical missionary work would break down prejudice and be the right arm of the gospel for the finishing of the work on earth. I am so thankful for the leadership of our General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. I'm so thankful for the influence of Pastor Ted Wilson, Amen. Mark Finley, Jerry Page. Amen. We just have a tremendous team leading now in the General Conference. And uh, I'm not saying the last one wasn't good, but actually I just didn't know them as well as I know these. Uh, we're going to hear from Ted Wilson in a few minutes. I imagine that most of you folks in this room do not know that Elder Wilson at one time Ran a restaurant. Mm-hmm. How many of you knew that? Not quite. The apple seed. <laughs> the apple seed. <laughs> Elder Elder Ted Wilson's restaurant was about a block from the World Trade Center. Yeah, I mean, it was about a block. It was it was not even as big as this room. It was the tiniest restaurant, but it was there. And uh, at that time, self-supporting work through OCI had uh, two and then three large restaurants, one only a few blocks away. And I remember asking Ted if he would feel run over if we opened up the restaurant near Wall Street, which was only three blocks from his. And, And just to show you the kind of man he was and is, He said, you know, in one way I'd prefer you wouldn't, because it's awful close, but on the other hand, if it's God's providence and you see that, you need to do it. Isn't that big thinking? And we did open up the other one. And there are so many people downtown in that Wall Street area that we each had customers. Uh, It turned out, eventually, Ted needed our help, and we took over the apple seed for him in, in a in a cooperative way and uh, it was not doing so well Uh, he wanted to start a lifestyle center as well he has the whole vision he's a medical missionary his grandfather was a student at at a self-supporting college called what madison Madison. he went to madison college so the wilson family know self-supporting work last asi at sacramento he called a number of us together maybe 40 of us or so in a special room and just said, with Mark Finley on the on platform with them, we want you self-supporting people to know, this is the Uchi Piners, the, the Weimar Institutes, the Eden Valleys, and, and some from overseas, we want you folks to know we need you. We haven't heard that kind of talk for a long time. You know, we were always kind of the stepchild of the church and almost some people wish we'd go away. But a lay, they don't realize, some ministers just don't get it, the lay work well, they kind of feel if they're not in charge of everything that's church, that is bad. And so they have a hard time understanding how to work with a whole corporation of people that have influence and, you know, 100 people on their campus or whatever. It scares some of our leaders. But, but most of them have gotten used to it now and see that we're really not trying to compete with them. We are just complementing the work of the church. We're doing a work that they weren't doing. And we're not spanking them for not doing it. We're just saying this is our offering, and we're, we're your partners. And, and you're the one that's going to get the church members. We don't start churches. We, we only help work with the churches and so forth. And so it's not so hard to do that in this country. But overseas sometimes, in some of the islands where the brethren aren't used to it, they're very threatened by it. But uh, we, we, there's lots of ways to help that. Now, And Ted Wilson certainly is proactive to do that. So I'm so thankful that we, we have that. And, uh, and, and so I'm, I think heaven's rejoicing with us as well. So he also said medical missionary could break down prejudice and be the right arm of the gospel for finishing the work on earth. Christ's example shows us five steps. Uh, page three, I don't know if it's... Uh, I've updated the manual, and so I may have some things that you don't have Because I work now in so many foreign countries, I didn't dare leave on my website anymore uh, a handbook, uh, like the the manual, with a lot of evangelistic statements in it. So yours has been more genericized. Is there such a word? And so I've tried to use more community-friendly terminology. So you can see right through it. (laughs) If as you go along with me uh, as I go through the manual. But, um, yeah, I just don't want our people to get in trouble when someone goes on my website and finds out that we're an evangelistic organization working in some sensitive country. So on the website and the manual in the future, at least that one, has talks just more on the community health education aspect of it. Christ's example shows us five steps for effective ministry. This is how I've broken it down. You mingle with those who you want to help, spending time with them, just seeing how the Lord leads. Get acquainted with their needs and show a genuine interest in them. Listen to them. See where they're coming from. And, and, and you, 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 can, you can't do that usually in one program it's usually in multiple programs and you find certain people that keep coming back. There's something about that that they're looking for and you need to be sensitive to that. And some people are better at that than others, you know. I'm, I'm probably the worst at doing some of these things but I, I'm not ashamed of that, I just the way I'm built. But, but I, I try to have in my team, I try to identify people that I realize have the gift of really being sensitive to people. And then we, we work together and we help. And I see things they don't see and they see things I don't see. But between us, we're able to try to meet the needs of the people. And then I find ways that I can relate to people as well. You know, we don't ask, we don't, we don't get to choose what our strengths and weaknesses are. We don't get to choose what our personalities are like. And, and uh, I think of my father. He was an immigrant from Norway that uh, rose in the. Uh, when he came to this country and was uh, an executive in Sears and Roebuck in their heyday. Uh, uh, but, you know, he was never comfortable with groups of people, and he passed some of that on to me. Uh, he had a trick that I can't use that he always used, and he found if he had a little alcohol before a group like this, he could relax, you know, and mingle with them. And I don't—I just have to take you guys with water, you know. <laughs> so it's a little harder for me. <laughs> But, I'm, uh, but, with, but I have the Lord, and he didn't have the Lord, and that's probably the one that helps the most. But I still realize it's not, it's not my chief skill. And so whenever we're putting together programs, I, I just talk to our, our health team. I'm, I'm the leader of the health team, but I try to get the ones like for our depression seminar. We have little, little, we break up into small groups afterwards. I put my best user-friendly people in those groups to lead out with them, and I just circulate and help if they need me, you know? And they, do, they do just do great. And they just walk away. They just love the program. So we get acquainted with their needs, show genuine interest in them. Number three, look for means and ways to help. Pray, Lord, how, how could I reach these people better? Four, keep their friendship and their trust. Uh, if you can build a friendship with them somehow, invite them to help. Watch to see if there's anything you can do to include them to come in a little early with you, or if they'd like some follow-up in their home or your home. You look for those opportunities, and then invite them to get acquainted. Eventually, we're looking for a chance to how to ask, you know, get them to be interested in the Word of God. And they know your church; they know it from the day they meet you. They know the Adventists are sponsoring it. You know, when we when we do our programs in the public i get I get several sponsors. everybody get on the yellow sheet that needs to be uh, i i I can ask the county health department do you want to sponsor or be a co-sponsor of our health seminar or our expo or the depression class? Yes, put our name down. They don't pay anything to do that just it just shows community support, and I put that health education resources is sponsoring it, but I always put that that also this the Seventh-day Adventist Community Services is sponsoring it. I don't just say the church, I say community services. But we don't, we don't hide who we are. It's, it would be stupid to do that because they know the whole, unless you're in a big city, it may take them five minutes to figure it out. But in little towns, they know immediately who's doing the programs. And in our Dunlap community, we're the only ones doing health programs. So they, they know exactly who we are. And they're accepting that though. We're getting, we're reaching more and more people. Uh, when I was a pastor full-time in the Michigan Conference I was the King of the North for four years up in the Upper Peninsula in the upper part of the Upper Peninsula and uh, I was that's where I first started doing these kinds of programs <clears throat> I'd finished the seminary i had been in, in the field for about two years I got permission to take a, a leave of absence and finish my master's at Loma Linda which I'd started partially earlier, and I went out there for six more months and finished it, came back and implemented for the last two years. I was in that same district using a lot of health programs. We went to the bank, and they had a, a room that they let us use uh, right there, right in downtown. I went to the radio station, and Phoebe would make some dish, and I would take it to the owner of the radio station on a, on a Wednesday morning, on a once a week, and he would try the food while on live on the air i i've always said what if he doesn't like this <laughs> you know it's gonna be embarrassing <laughs> and then we you know we make them a vegetarian pizza with our you know our cashew cheese and stuff like that And he said well now well why did you go to all the trouble making this cheese well, what about just going down to the store and getting some and so we talk about the cholesterol and you know and 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 and, and the phone would just ring off the hook to us afterwards we had a little, in the old days, a Codaphone, they called it, and you could get a recording on it, and people could give them and so we'd offer them a recipe on, on the Codaphone. And we just got to be known as the, as the health church in town. And uh, when, when, when we had programs, we just filled up the, the little auditorium. We were doing a blood screening back when it was hardly ever done except by physicians. And it just made a tremendous impact in the community. I became the vice president of the ministerial association. And, and by the time we finished that fourth year or the second year after we came back from Malone Melinda, we were having unusual results for baptisms for our community. Our, the conference was thrilled. I mean, we were baptizing the, the, uh, the organist from one church and the choir director from another. It was so successful, they put me out of the ministerial association. That's how... That 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 wasn't that wasn't so nice on that end of it, but but we were reaching people. I remember the pastors called me up and they said, you know, you gotta you gotta back off with my member. And I said, brother, look at let let's make a deal. If you can present to m- any of my members Christ more thoroughly than I can, help yourself. But he said, I, I who am I not to give them the whole message, you know? And of course, I didn't want to offend these fellows, but. They just didn't get it, and they weren't really to, to, uh, to make a change. The, the Lutheran pastor used to jog with me, and that man was very much open. Uh, and he, he changed. He stopped preaching people to heaven, and uh, he, uh, he accepted the stay of the dead and, and, and several other things that just really surprised me, and we became very close friends. Anyway, just, just little tidbits of how, how the Lord does open the door with medical missionary work. We believe that the Health Expo concept can be adapted, that's an important concept, to the needs of the local communities while keeping true to the principles outlined in the manual. This adaptation is mandatory in view of the diverse needs, customs, and availability of resources in different regions of the world. This was at uh, Sacramento with teenagers uh, at an ASI meeting in a park. This is in Albania, on the porch of a Catholic church. And this is the girl that just went to Uzbekistan, Svetlana. And, and we were on uh, a Dominican Republic when that picture was taken. Health Expo is a timely program promoting a healthy lifestyle. Governments are in trouble with their finances and the poor health departments always get it worse. It's the same in our church. You look at a pie chart where the money's spent, and the health department's always a little sliver, not even a cheesy one. It's just a sliver. (laughs) Governments around the world are becoming increasingly active in fighting the risk factors of the most common causes of death. Cardiovascular disease, cancer, diabetes, are the most common causes of death in industrialized nations, but their importance is rapidly rising in developing countries. Transmissible diseases are a major cause of death in developing countries. Of these, HIV, AIDS and is also a major health problem in industrial nations. Other medical problems such as anxiety, depression is becoming more common, and even these may have an indirect relationship with the increase of risk of death, reduce quality of life, and affect interpersonal relationships. So we're just saying this is the condition that we're facing today. There are eight main factors related to disease prevention and physical, emotional, spiritual health. And these are, as you know, the new start, are the eight doctors from Ministry of Healing. Each factor is addressed in the detail in the HER manual. And uh, using a combination of health banners and posters, we don't know what to call them sometimes. Some people like to call them posters, some people like to call them banners, we don't care. When you get older, you don't care what names they call you anymore. (laughs) Call them what you want. I use banners most of the time. Um, it's just hard to describe what they are to people that don't know what a health expo banner is. Um, with up-to-date medical information, medical tests, and health counseling. There's just our, our rest our rest banner. In in these little roll-up frames. We'll have them out tomorrow morning. You can see them. <clears throat> most, health, most health systems face what? budget problems. They have restrictions in the area of preventive medicine. They talk preventive medicine, but they don't pay for it. They don't don't budget very much. They they like to dream about it. And that's where we come in. When we're able to bring to them some services in an attractive package, they're pretty impressed due to the high priority of curative services to meet the needs of intermediate care. As a result, there are few health professionals working in the area of preventive medicine, leaving others with little time and expertise to educate patients on healthful living. You know, all of the health departments get funds, even though they don't get as much as they used to, to run programs. They'll put up billboards uh, to help teenagers not to get pregnant or to stop, you know, not to smoke. So as you mingle with these folks, most communities have a health council, and I know in my community, my pastor introduced me to the health council. And he said, "Come and be my guest. I meet with them every month." So so happens the pastor that was asking me to do this had been pastor of the Dunlap Church for seventeen years. He had started the ministerial association in our town. They didn't have one; he started it. He started the food bank program. Uh, the ministerial food program, not just the regular food bank, but where the churches get together and have a food bank. And so he is extremely well-known. And he'd been sitting on this health council, even though he's not a health educator, just because of who he was. He's the vice president of the Chamber of Commerce, which means next year he can be the president of the Chamber of Commerce. That's what it's like if you press in with your community year after year things can happen he's he's uh, I'm the treasurer of the Cagle Community Association I don't want to be a treasurer of anything but it's just a few little things to pay every month but it gets me a place in my community and he's now the head of the Cagel Community Fire Volunteer Fire Department I mean there's lots of places to get involved if you just take the time to do it and you get to know your community even for a guy like me where it's hard to do that kind of stuff if I get enough different things, it starts rubbing up. I'm now the president of the SWIM organization for our community. It's not swimming either. It's Sequatchie, that's our county, Volunteers in Medicine. Have you ever heard of VIM, Volunteers in Medicine? They're all over the country, and it's an organization that gives free medical services to the, the, the most underprivileged people in the, in the whole community. And uh, it, And so... I was helping them on how to become a 501c3, and because I did it so nicely for them, they voted me to be president of the organization, and I didn't intend for that to happen. I'm overloaded already. But again, you know, the lady that I'm working with is a a Methodist internal medicine specialist. How many Methodist doctors have you met that are vegetarians lately? This woman, you know, wears no makeup, no jewelry, uh, and she's committed to run this center it's a privilege to work with her and she just she writes me uh on this trip and says chuck i just you and phoebe's help has just means so much to me i'm so encouraged you know and and so sometimes we just feel like we're just we have nothing to offer people but just be willing to mingle because there's not enough funds and there never will be anyway it's just a if you if you check around with your health your county health department and ask them do they meet together on a regular basis who can come and stuff like that you know they're they're be glad to know of your interest because i know in our community anyone can come if they want to sit in on that meeting and so it's your county health department it's your it's your it's the ladies that are working in the school system uh, I don't know exactly how the National Guard always fits into it, but they're usually there as well because they do a lot of... What What, what kind of programs do you think your National Guard people do for your community besides military? Anti... Drugs. They're big into anti-drug things, so they're there. Um, so the mayor comes sometimes, uh, the, uh, the uh, county commi- uh, commissioner comes sometimes, they all want to keep in touch with this organization and so we're all there we introduce ourselves every time we we eat lunch once a month together you get to know these people and now they trust me i was you know very quiet and just supportive and if they were doing a program i'd come and get my church to help us to do something with them until we built a relationship now they're asking me to do programs or and to speak for their programs and so uh It's just nice to see how it evolves over a period of time, but you've got to be consistently there. The Health Expo involves professionals and non-medical volunteers from the community who are interested in healthful living. There's a short training program on the principles of healthy lifestyle and the different activities offered at a Health Expo. You'll see that the things that we're doing are very simple, very practical, Uh, yes, we can, we, we're happy to have professionals help us. Most of the EXO can be run just by our lay people. Uh, it's nice to involve our teenagers. They can, do the, they can help do the body fat scale because uh, you've got to get on the floor practically to do it anyway. You know, If you've got arthritis, it doesn't work very good, which I don't have, fortunately, but you might if you don't. Anyway, whatever, but you, know, you get on the floor and you put in the measurements. You can use a body fat scale that you hold in your hand not a scale, but I mean a, a measurement. Uh, I still prefer the, the one on the floor because we need their weight anyway. A lot of people aren't sure about their weight uh, or they wanna see if it changed, hoping, you know, hoping the other way and whatever. And uh, so it's a good measurement of, and, and the lower extremities are probably the best one to get a shot at what's happening and the, uh, uh, the body fat ratio. It's estimated that if communities adopted the health principles promoted at the health expo, their death rate for cancer and cardiovascular diseases, for example, could drop by 60 to 70% and 70 to 80% respectively. Longevity could be increased by six to 12 years. And with better quality of life, medical costs would be greatly reduced and people could live better lives. Walter Willett just said, about two weeks ago, I read it in a, in a new journal that uh, if people would practice serious lifestyle changes, which includes their diet, their exercise, that, that diabetes could be reversed by 90%. Here's a man at Harvard, Harvard University. So there's lots of people we can quote today. We're not out in the limb when we give these statistics. There's good, there's good evidence. I have several of them. I'm working on a new diabetes talk uh, and, uh, with all new PowerPoint slides. that will be ready just in a few weeks. It's a full-hour lecture with all the most uh, current information available. If you'd like a reference while I'm thinking about it to my favorite health journal that's easy to read and I always look forward to it, I'm I'm jealous if my wife gets her hands on it first. I'm afraid she might lose it for me. (laughs) But it's called Nutrition Action. Or it's called, um, it's, it's actually called Nutrition Action Health Letter. Health Letter is one word. And it's published by the Center for Science in the Public Interest. Now, the man that's the, founder and the chief uh, editor of the magazine. I th- it's Jacobson, I think it's, I'm, I wanna say Michael's his first name, but I'm not positive now. Qu- this organization in Washington, D.C. is an independent organization that has, will, re- will not take any manufacturer corporation funds it's all nonprofit they purposely keep a barrier because they want to be independent once you keep keep in mind the name Center for Science of Public Interest you'll notice that in Washington DC in the Capitol they often call them to testify on different issues it's this organization that is responsible that you can now more easily read a label on on food products and understand it better. They're the ones that forced the companies to put things in stand, more standardized forms so that you know Cheerios would say three quarters of a cup and Wheaties would say a one cup serving and they, they equalized many different things for us and uh, made it more user friendly. It's a, a very good organization and you get, I think it's 10 issues a month for $24. It's very reasonable. S- the, sci- the center for science in the public interest, and it, and the name of the, the they call the magazine the Nutrition Action Health Letter. Health Letter is one word, and you can Google that and find it easily. It's it's colorful. It, it's 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 not a big thick journal, but they always have a featured article, and then a number of different points on like you know the the extremes between junk food claims and something that's really reasonable it, it's just a fascinating little magazine i guarantee you if you like anything like that you'll you'll love this little magazine which approach jesus longed to share with people the blessings of physical well-being as well as the solution to their emotional and spiritual needs many however did not accept his offer of a new life and went away, having only been helped physically. Sometimes that troubles people, you know. Are we just helping to make them healthy sinners? This did not prevent Jesus from continuing to help people. You just don't know. You just don't know who's going to only take the physical. And so we have to be relaxed on that. Ella White says, for those of us that have worked in sanitarium work, which has been kind of my specialty through the years, I've had the privilege of establishing a number of health centers around the world in different countries, more than most people that I know, but not that many. And uh, she said to us who work in the sanitarium, she tells us, don't be anxious about the patients spiritually. Relax. Let the Lord lead. If you get anxious about it, they'll sense it right away and it'll scare them. So you just have to to leave it with the Lord and watch for a providence. Some people, what I find with people in sanitarium work is you think they're gonna come once and you'll never see them again. Many people who come to a sanitarium, lifestyle center, go to Weimar, in time will come back again. They never forget how it was in that place. It was like a little bit of heaven for them. They'll never forget it the rest of their life. I'm talking about the non-Adventists, Adventists Adventists maybe too. Generally our health centers attract about half and half, half Adventists and half non-Adventists. But they'll never forget it. So don't be anxious, it's God's work, we're only His helpers. In the same way, our work in the Health Expo should be motivated by desire to share not only the principles of physical of the physical benefits of a healthful lifestyle of a healthy lifestyle but also the knowledge of God the source of total health as with Jesus we should be sensitive to people's needs respectful of their opinions and never force religious knowledge upon them we just don't need to be in that position if you push it you're running ahead of God we don't need to do that This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.